question today, does God like gold? Um, that's what it seems. You look at the Mishkans, you look at the temples, it appears that God likes gold. Um, and for that matter, does God want us to have lots of gold or lots of money? Um, should we be rich? Um, there's a anti-Semitic trope out there that old Jews are rich. Um, it skipped over some of us. Anti? It's not anti-Semitic. It should be pro-Jewish, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, old Jews should old Jews be rich? Yeah. Um, there's no question that Jews generally have tended to be wealthier on average than their non-Jewish counterparts in most societies, with exceptions. Um, sometimes we were really limited on what we could do, so we didn't have an option. But uh, whenever given the opportunity, Jews tended to do better off financially. There may be a lot of different reasons for that. Um, but does God want us to be rich? Now, this is especially in light of there are a number of um, megachurches today in this country, and it's actually a very growing movement for the last 30, 40 years, if not more. Um, and I think it's the fastest growing um, religious group, subgroup in this country. Um, these megachurches where um, they mostly believe in what's called the prosperity theology or prosperity gospel, where essentially the um, leaders, they bring in huge amounts of money. The leaders um, live in very, very great wealth. The te the, their churches are very, very wealthy. And um, they believe and they preach that God rewards good people with wealth. And the wealth of their leaders is evidence that God rewards good people with wealth. They therefore encourage their followers to donate to them and follow them, because if you do, you will become wealthy as well. And there are many of these mega churches, and there are many of them have tens of thousands of members that believe in these gospels, that believe in these theologies, um, and are part of these churches. Some of their members are obviously very wealthy as well, um, so it's working at least for some of them. So the question is, do we Jews believe in that? Do we believe that God rewards good people with wealth? Do we believe that God wants us to be wealthy? Do we believe wealth is an ideal? Should we want to be wealthy? We should want to be wealthy. We should not. So we live in a country where we're taught that every person can be a millionaire. That's what we're taught from when we're very young. And we are conditioned from the youngest age to strive to make money strive for wealth, and this has been a trait of this country for, uh, from its founding, really. Um, we're um, striving towards wealth has always been a value, and uh, we've always had, we've always valued the wealthy people in this society, and the wealthiest in the society have become heroes. Today there are lots of lists, billionaire lists, and lists of wealthy people, and Fortune 500, those are companies, but we have, we've always admired wealth in this country, and it's been an aspiration, we've aspired towards wealth, perhaps that's why megachurches are so big in this country, and uh, per, the uh, prosperity theology is so big in this country, but as a, as, a, as a culture, we've always aspired towards wealth, but did Jews aspire towards wealth? Is that a value for us? Do we see value in, in wealth? The Jews that left Egypt were very wealthy, very good point, and God encouraged them to be wealthy. Yes? But the, there was some study done about all the groups in American society, and it was found that the 
per capita wealthiest group was the Ashkenazi Jews. Okay. Ashkenazi Jews are the per capita wealthiest group. I don't know. I wonder if that's still true. I believe it is. It was very recent. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Excellent point. And, and, and I don't think that that has left a lot of us. And so uh, I just wish Very good point. Very good point. Thank you, Bill. That, that was a very good point that maybe there's something more than wealth. Maybe real wealth is not gold or greenbacks as they call them today, but maybe real wealth is in family, in happiness, right? In health. Um, in health. Um, maybe there's other more important parts of wealth than um, financial success. Is financial success financial. really a value? It's not fun to be poor. Okay. As long as you're comfortable. Do we need to be wealthy or is just being comfortable enough? It varies, right? The Talmud actually has a great line. Once you have $100, you want... 200. If you have 200, you want 400, right? Your growth ideas get bigger. The more you have, ask anyone if they get paid enough, right? Everyone, no matter how much they make, almost all people say, I should be making more. Sandy. So wealth is important because it could be used for good. Okay. So let me be clear that while there are values in wealth, and we'll soon talk about those, is wealth our life goal? Is our life goal to have the largest bank account we possibly had can have? Without a doubt, in Judaism, we do not believe that wealth is our life goal or our life purpose. Nowhere does the Torah command us, thou shall be wealthy, um, thou shall make a lot of money. Um, that is not a command, um, that is not a command of God, nor an expectation. So clearly, um, being wealthy is not a Jewish value. In other words, making money, while maybe necessary, we'll soon see other reasons why it's very important, but it's definitely not a Jewish value. We see our value in spirituality. We see our value in being, um, uh, in, we see our value in our, in our relationship with God. We see our value in being, um, in following our purpose for which God placed us here. We don't see great value in wealth. That's not what we were here for. Not only we don't believe, do we believe there's other greater values than wealth, we actually believe there's a great spiritual danger to wealth. And this is very important. The Torah warns us many times, um, especially toward the end in Deuteronomy, that we have to be very careful that when we get wealthy, we are going to forget God. And the Torah says you'll be successful. Moses describes to the people, you'll be successful, everything will go well. And then, 
as you have ever, as you become wealthy, the Torah says, "V'ram levavecha v'shachachta Hashem elokecha." Your heart will become conceited, and you will forget God. And so this is a prediction Moses gives later in the portion of Ha'azinu. He puts it very poetically where the Torah says, Vayishman yishurun vayivat. Israel becomes fat, fat with wealth that is, or success, and it kicks. And that's what, happened. When you be, what happens when you become wealthy, you begin to kick. In other words, kick. It's, the, it's, a, it's poetic. So when you become wealthy, that's when you begin to spit back at the source that gave you that wealth. So, and this is what happens often when we are struggling, we turn to God for help. In fact, often when someone calls me and they haven't called me for a long time, I haven't heard from them, um, it's very often because they have tsarists, they have a problem. Someone's sick, they lost their job, they have problems, right? That's when they remember the rabbi, they remember to call God, right? They ask for help when they have problems. When things are going well, what tends to happen is we're comfortable. We forget about others. We forget about other things. We forget about, we start becoming obsessed with our wealth. We start being focused on it and it becomes very, very easy um, to forget about God. For some reason, as people become wealthier, suddenly they think that they begin to take credit for everything that they have achieved. When we fail, when we lose our jobs, when our businesses fail, you say, ah, it wasn't my fault, it was his fault, and it was her fault, and it was everybody else's fault. But when we succeed... Right? Then, oh, look at me. I managed to create this wealth. I managed to foresee this, um, see this stock. I'm the predictor. I'm able to figure it out. And we take all the credit. We tend to take the credit for ourselves, right? That's why as people become wealthier, we have an old Yiddish saying that says, Dervas hot demea hot dedeo. The person who is wealthy begins to offer opinions. Right? Once we become successful, we start thinking that we know it all and we can explain it all and because um, we, we think we're the smart ones. Right? So we have this problem that when we do get wealth, we tend to forget God. And so wealth actually has a dangerous side to it um, in that it's very easy to forget God when, um, when things are going well, especially when we're very wealthy. And the wealthier people, uh, the wealthier people people get, the more they it tends to go to their head, right? The more crazy they get. In fact, we have an old. There's another old Yiddish saying um, that um, if you somebody is any people who are well, people who are who drink are going to get drunk. If they didn't yet get drunk, they didn't yet drink enough. People who are wealthy, who have money, are going to go crazy. If they didn't yet go crazy, they don't yet have enough. So, so and it, in, what happens is it goes to our head as we're successful. And it's not only wealth, people that are successful in other ways, somebody who is a, um, who, a media personality, who um, is able to fill up an auditorium or a, a concert hall, um, with thousands of fans um, told me once that it's when you're 
um, when you're there and thousands of people come to look, come to hear you, then they, they're coming to hear you, to watch you, it, you, you start thinking, you know what, maybe I really have something. Thousands of people are listening to me, right? So it, start, it starts going to your head. So we have that problem with wealth and with success, that success tends to go to your head. So our wealth is therefore um, not the greatest value, not a great value in Judaism, and it's really a challenge to our spirituality. Yet, despite that, we do believe that God wants us to be wealthy. Not always, not everyone, but in general, God would like us to be wealthy and would like us to be successful. Stephen mentioned this earlier. When Israel left Egypt during the Exodus, God tells Moses there's going to be one last plague. After nine plagues, and one last plague. All the firstborn Egyptians are going to die and then Pharaoh is going to come knocking on your door and saying, please leave. Get out of here. I want you to leave. Leave right now. And so Pharaoh is going to rush you out. God tells Moses, be careful. Make sure before you leave that every Israelite goes to their Egyptian neighbors and asks them for their gold and silver. Do not leave without the gold and silver. And indeed, that's exactly what happened. They, Pharaoh comes to Moses in the middle of the night. Everybody's dull. The Egyptians are dying. Pharaoh tells Moses, leave. Leave right now. Moses says, the middle of the night. We can't leave right now. God had also commanded them not to leave their homes until the morning um, that night. So we can't leave right now. We'll wait till the morning. In the morning, Moses says, we're leaving at midday. Everybody go and um, don't pack. They didn't have time to pack. They didn't have time to bake bread. That's how we ended up with matzah. But don't pack. Spend your time. Go to all, every Egyptian you can think of. Knock on their door and get all their gold and silver. And so they took all the Egyptian gold and silver out with them when they left Egypt. Yes? How did they accomplish, how did they accomplish that? Yeah. I mean, the, Egyptians just the Egyptians were desperate for them to leave. They said, here, take it, just go. They said, I'm not leaving until you give me all the gold and silver. They said, go, take it. They gave it all. Yes. Yes. There's a midrash that says they went earlier and they knew where it was. Yes. They were the night before. Yes. Very good. They were. They ate matzah the night before. They already tasted matzah. They liked it. Now they were in a big rush because they were busy that whole morning getting gold and silver. Why was it so important to get gold and silver? Well, God actually promised this to Abraham. God, when God predicted to Abraham, your descendants will be slaves in a foreign land, and they'll leave, uh, and for for, and then um, they'll leave. He says, and I will punish the people that enslave them. And he says, then they'll leave with great wealth. And God wanted them to leave with great wealth. Now, why was that wealth so important? Why did God want them to be so wealthy? Why was it important that they be so wealthy? So they're going to need the money to build the Mishkan. They're going to need the money to build the Mishkan. But why did God need all that gold? We get back to our original question. Why does God need all that gold in the Mishkan? And later in the temple. What does God need so much gold for? Does God really need gold? You can't build a Mishkan out of wood. Is a wood Mishkan no good for God? Does he really need gold? Does he really need to be that fancy? So the Midrash tells us, the Midrash tells us, and I'm going to 
rephrase it in my own words, that the question is not, does God need gold? But rather, why was gold created? For God. Gold was created. The question is not, why does God need gold? But why is there gold? Who created our universe? God. We believe God created everything. Why did God create gold? God created gold that we should use it in the Mishkan. That's why he created gold. Why do we value gold? Because gold was used in the Mishkan. That's why gold is considered valuable. Why is anything valuable in this world? Why would God make valuable things in order for us to use it for God? So why does God create any form of wealth? Why is it there? In order for us to use it for God. So it's not does God need it. God doesn't need it. He created it in order for us to use it for Him. So why did God need us to leave Egypt with gold? Because that gold was there for us to use it. There's no point in the Egyptians having it. The only reason the Egyptians had it to start with was that we could get it from them and then use it in the Mishkan. Yes, Selma? So if, by chance, silver was used in the Mishkan... It was. So that would become valuable. That's valuable. So if it was just wood, wouldn't the wood be valuable? It was. God. God decided gold is going to be the most valuable metal. Um, that was before platinum. Um, and <laughs> maybe the next temple will have platinum too and titanium. So God decided gold would be a, a valuable metal, and God therefore instructed that the most important parts of the Mishkan, the Ark of the Covenant, and the um, and the menorah be made of gold um, because it was the most important part. It doesn't last. Okay. Rabbi, was that gold used to make the golden calf? That gold was used to make the golden calf. Very good point. And in fact, interestingly, um, the Midrash tells us that Moses actually turned to God and he was trying to defend us after we, our ancestors made the golden calf. And he turns to God. This goes back to the dangers that we mentioned earlier um, of wealth. And Moses tells God, you're responsible for them having made the golden calf, you gave them the gold. Had you not given them the gold, they would have never made the golden calf. So it's really God's to blame for it. In other words, he gave us the wealth that we were that we then misused. So yes, wealth is dangerous. We can easily misuse wealth. But why are we given wealth? In order to use it for God. Why does God create gold? and give it to the Egyptians so that we should get it, so that we should use it in our service of God. We should use it to follow God's commandments. And in fact, we believe that every single person here on earth is placed on earth by God, is created by God for a mission. Every one of us has a purpose. Why are we here? If you're here, you are here for a purpose. There's a reason why God put you here. You have to follow your mission. You have certain things that you need to accomplish that nobody else could have accomplished. Because if somebody else could have done your mission, you wouldn't need to be here. 
Now, everything that comes your way, everything that God gives you, all of your possessions, God is giving you. Why? In order that you should be able to follow your mission. In order that you should be able to use those things to fulfill your purpose. And that's why we believe stealing is so terrible. Personal property is a very important value in Judaism. We believe that every person has a right to their own personal property. And it's forbidden to take anyone else's personal property. One of the basic Jewish values that we gave the world. Why is personal property so important in Judaism? Why is stealing so terrible? Besides that, it destroys society. But every person, if God gave it to you, he gave it to you for a mission. Someone else takes it unfairly. They're taking what you were supposed to have for your mission. Now you can't use it anymore. They're taking away your ability to fulfill your mission. So that's why, so that's why we believe everything God gives you is therefore for a purpose. You must use it for a purpose. So does God make people wealthy? Yes, we believe that all wealth that you get comes from God. It is not your own creation. Later in Deuteronomy, Moses is going to say this very clearly. Do not think that if you made a lot of money, do not think that it is all yours. Do not think that you created it. Um, if you built a business... You didn't create that. God gave it to you. You may have worked hard, but God allowed you to succeed. Whatever possessions you have, God gave it to you. And God could take it away from you at any moment. Even a guy like Jeff Bezos can lose 50% of his wealth just like that. So anyone, God can take anyone's wealth away in a moment and give it to them in a moment. It's all... It all comes from God. Why does He give it to us? He gives us wealth in order for us to use for our mission. He'll give it to people generally whom He believes will use that wealth wisely. If He thinks you're going to use the wealth wisely, He'll give you wealth. If He doesn't think you're going to use the wealth wisely, He will not give you wealth. Or... He will, if he gave, tried giving you wealth and you were not doing very good with it, you were not using it wisely, not using it for the right things, he's liable to take it away from you. So, does that mean that all good people are necessarily wealthy? No. Some people, their mission doesn't involve wealth. So there may be some very, very wonderful people that are very poor. And throughout our history, we have a lot of saintly people, very holy people, very special people that were very poor or just middle class, not too poor, not too rich. We don't believe that necessarily every good person is meant to be wealthy. But we do believe that God gives wealth and gives wealth in order for us to use it wisely. Can there be exceptions? Sometimes. Sometimes we see wealthy people where... They're not using it very well and we cannot understand why God gave it to them. We don't ultimately always understand why God does things. But we do believe generally God gives wealth to people whom he believes will use it wisely. Rabbi, can you discuss the opposite, which is how about people who are poor? So why did God create poor people? If God wants us to use wealth and wants us to use wealth wisely, why did God create poor people? Not only did God create poor people, 
The Torah actually tells us later, in the portion of Ray in Deuteronomy, Moses tells us, for all those who are working on the war on poverty and trying to eradicate poverty, God, Moses actually tells us, Ki lo yechthal evyon You will never get rid of poverty. You will never get rid of poverty. There will always be poor people. Why? That's not fair, right? Are they all people that God doesn't trust? Why does God make some people poor? So this question, the Talmud tells us, that David, King David, in his great wisdom, actually asked God exactly this question. Why do you create poor people? Why not just make everyone rich? Life would be a lot better if everyone was rich, right? Now, of course, if everyone was rich... Um, they wouldn't, they, everyone would still want more, as we said earlier, right? Everyone still wants more. And um, I think we could safely say that most poor people today are living much, much better than rich people lived 100 years ago. Um, in other words, they're living, those that, with some exceptions of, the, of homeless people, but most poor people in our country today um, have larger homes, um, cell phones, um, better quality food, um, and um, better access to, me- to medical care than people had 100 years ago by even the wealthiest people. Uh, but that said, there are definitely still poor people today, and there are people who don't have even those basics um, today. And um, so the Torah says we won't get rid of poor people. So David asks God, why? Wouldn't it be better if everyone was just rich? Uh, wouldn't life be better? Um, and the, God responded to Moses if every to David, sorry, thank you. God responded to David, if everybody would be rich, then there'd be no charity. There would be no charity. Nobody would give. What a horrible society that would be. Nobody would help anybody else. People would only be thinking about themselves. Therefore, God created haves and have-nots. God created some people that have, some people that don't have, with the ability of some people to give to others. God wanted a world of giving, a world where we're there to help others. The only way we can give is if some people don't have. And so therefore God created people that don't have in order to encourage those who do have to give. But that means that those who are given wealth, why are you given wealth? To give to others. That's why it is given to you. And in fact, you, if you meet a poor person, the Talmud says that the, the poor person does more for the wealthy person than the wealthy person does for the poor. The recipient of charity is doing more because the only way the giver of charity is keeping their wealth is because they're giving charity. Without that poor person, God would have no reason to give them all that extra money. Yes. So, uh, so what's what's the, the, the that begs the question? We need more poor people. <laughs> no. Well, we need less poor people. More more <laughs> no, of us to give more them. Pe- more people to give to than we. There are plenty of poor people <laughs> to give to. There's no shortage of that. That's not a problem. Rabbi, yes. This is not the model in the Torah. The model in the Torah is everybody left Egypt with money, and they did, and they had opportunities to give. So you don't have to think in terms of giving down. You could give up. You could build a temple. You could build a shul. You could build a school. You could build a milk shop. There's an infinite amount of... Yes, Stephen has a good point that theoretically it's possible to continue to give even without 
poverty, um, even in a wealthy society. And indeed, um, elsewhere the Torah says that we will be able to eradicate poverty. And the Talmud says that if everybody follows what God wants, it is possible to eradicate poverty, and it's still possible to give. But still, as a value, the reason why God makes some people have and some people don't have is in order that some people should be able to give to others. So that means that if you have, the reason why you have is in order to give to others. That's why God gave it to you. Now, it's not fair because we'd all prefer to be the haves than the have-nots. It's not always fair. Um, But we believe that if we use our wealth wisely, that is the best strategy to get God to give us more. The best thing we can do to get God to give us more wealth is to use that wealth wisely. So, let's get back to our question. Does God want us to be rich? Yes. Yes. God wants us to be wealthy. Doesn't make everyone wealthy. Makes some people wealthy, many people wealthy, many people not. But God does want us to have wealth. And sometimes that wealth is not financial wealth, I should point out. We can be wealthy in many other ways um, that we can also give, whether it's unique skills that we have, whether it's in happiness, whether it's in intelligence, whether it's in knowledge. There are other ways that we're able to give um, as well. Um, there's other ways where we can um, where we can help others, even if we don't have financial wealth. But God does want us to have, have, have wealth. God does want us to work toward wealth. Um, it's okay to open a business. It's not only okay, it's good. It's good to work hard and to succeed. It's good to invest and to succeed. That's very good. Not everyone's going to. You need God's help. Um, some people, you can have two people who are just as smart, working just as hard, and one succeeds and one doesn't succeed. And it's not because the successful person worked harder or because the successful person is smarter. Evidence by the fact that Most people who are successful are only successful for a very short period of their lives. Many people are successful for a little bit, and then they lose that success. And so, did they become less smart or less hard workers? No, you need God's help in order to succeed. So, success is ultimately up to God. Um, We have to do our part. It doesn't happen by itself. God only gives us blessings if we make what we call a vessel for the blessings. In other words, if we create something for God to give us blessings in, then he gives us blessings. If we don't work, God's not going to give us a blessing. If we don't invest and take risk, God is not going to give us a blessing. But if we do, then God will, then we believe God will bless us. And God does make many people wealthy. And we should work towards money, but not to be rich, not to be in, um, not to live a glamorous life, not to be able to live a very fancy life and be able to buy, have a garage full of cars or to live in a mansion. Um, It's okay to live comfortably, but not to live a glamorous life. Rather, the reason why God, the reason why God makes us wealthy is in order for us to use that wealth for the right thing in order to use that wealth for God. Now, does that mean that a person with wealth should live a very, very simple life? 
In theory, in Judaism, there is such an ideal to live simple. There's no reason to live a glamorous, fancy life. However, however, we recognize, and our sages have long recognized, that a wealthy person who lives very simple thinks other people could do with less. Right? If they do with less themselves, they feel other people could do with less. Right? I don't have a car, why should I give you a car? My car is almost falling apart. Why should I give you a car that works? Right? So often we feel if we don't have, we live very simple, other people could do with less as well. And so therefore we are encouraged to live comfortably, though not overly glamorous, unnecessary. We don't need to show or flaunt unnecessary wealth. We don't believe there's any value in that because God gave us the wealth not to be able to buy another home or another car, but God gave us the wealth in order for us to use it wisely. And there is no shortage of ways that we are able to use it wisely. So do we believe that following God's word will make us wealthy? Um, we do believe that there's no guarantees, but we do believe that part one of the main conditions in us getting wealth, in addition to us working hard and taking risk, one of the main conditions in us getting wealth is in God's belief that we will use that wealth properly, that we'll use it well. And so only when we do use our wealth well will we succeed. And the Talmud tells, let me just finish off. I'll, I'll get to you in a moment. The Talmud tells us a, a tale of a, th- a fellow who used to produce a thousand bushels of grain every year. And he used to tithe, as the Torah requires, take 10% and give it to charity. And one time he decided that he's giving too much. A hundred bushels out of a thousand bushels is way too much. And so he, um, it's a measure of grain. And so he... Um, so he's going to give 900. No, not, uh, instead of 100 bushels, he's going to give 90 this year. Next year, he only makes 900 bushels. He says, you know what? I had a bad year. I'm only going to give 80. Next year, he only gives 800 bushels and so on until finally he realizes that if you give more, God will respond in kind. And indeed, um, indeed um, generally, we're told that we're not supposed to test God we're not supposed to say, God, I'm going to do this mitzvah and on condition that you make me healthy. We're not supposed to. We can pray to God. We can do mitzvahs um, in order to invoke God's blessings. But we're not supposed to condition our mitzvahs on God, with the exception of charity. We can give charity and expect to get back in return. Um, and we are told that we will get back and we will get more um, uh, God will give us more. Uh, so a person, should we do encourage giving charity? We do encourage giving large amounts to charity. At a minimum, every Jew is expected to give 10% of their income to charity. You don't have to give it like other churches have to your um, local um, community necessarily. You have the option um, of give, choosing which charity to give it to, although I do, of course, encourage you to do as much as you can and help our community um, because we only survive on people's generosity and people's donations and our schools and the future only stands um, on generosity and people's and the donations from this community but ultimately god gives wealth we believe to those who are able to handle it properly those that will uh, use it well and so but the wealth that god gives us is not an ideal in itself it's not an end in itself we don't say believe in god as other churches say in order to become wealthy where the wealth is an end in itself but rather we believe that those that are use their 
things wisely, God gives them more good. And the same is not only for wealth, it's for health and for everything else. God, if you use it wisely, God will give you good in return in order for you to use more wisely. It's almost like an investment banker where um, they're given at first a little bit to play with. And then as they succeed and do better and better, right, then the bank gives them more and more and more um, to be able to uh, invest. Same thing also. God gives you a little bit, sees how you do with it. The better you do with it, the more he's going to give you. Let me take a few questions. Sandy. I have so many questions. (laughs) Let's do one at a time. what you have gathered, what you have earned, as well as that you share it so that you give to charity, that you do other other good mitzvahs and so forth. And um, so I don't see that living, um, depriving yourself, so to speak, if you have enough money to do both, of something that you really would enjoy might enhance your life in some way that you should not I absolutely agree. Let me be clear. Um, We do believe that a person can use the money that God gives us on themselves um, to take care of themselves and their families um, and live a comfortable life. And while I did mention there is a Jewish ideal to live a simple life, even if you can afford more, we do believe in such an ideal. However, we have to recognize that Often that can be counterproductive in that people that live too simple a life for their wealth um, will often feel that others don't need either, right? So in other words, if you um, live very simple, then you say, well, my synagogue can be very simple. The school can be very simple. Um, And then we want the school to have everything that it can possibly have. Or we want even other people in need to have their basic needs met. And so often living too simple a life can be counterproductive. So therefore we would encourage people who do have wealth to use that wealth well on themselves, but not to live a glamorous life. And all that, of course, conditioning that they use the wealth themselves, that they use the wealth to help others as well. Um, when Talmud says that while the bare minimum is a um, is to give ten percent of one's earnings to charity, the Talmud says the ideal is to give twenty percent of one's earnings to charity. A chomesh, that's an ideal. Anybody who can afford it um, and should ideally give twenty percent of their earnings to charity. And there's no question that somebody who has much, much more than they'll ever need um, can give much, much more of course, to charity as well. And we should use, we definitely should use our things to help others. Doesn't mean that you should not, um, that doesn't mean that you should not live comfortably. But I was just thinking of two things, but the, the, um, the wealth, like I was just thinking of Job, when you were saying things can be taken away so quickly. Uh, and in the book of Job, where he, he does extremely well, he's a very humble man. He's very believes in God from the very beginning, and everything. And he gives to all the, his servants at the time and, and everyone else, um, and is all taken away. 
Yes. God could give and take away very quickly. Yes. Nothing belongs to us truly. Yes, Mark. You know, during my working years, I, I sometimes would uh, be caught off guard with sometimes Jewish people that just thought, thought that all Jews are wealthy. And, and, well, and what would you say to them? And, and it happened very often. I mean, not very often, but, you know, regularly during my yeah. time. Uh, they just had the feeling as they looked down the street that all those Jews are wealthy. They have all the money. There's nothing to say. Um, you know, if somebody, if people earned wealth, we don't. We do respect wealth in Judaism. If someone earned it honestly, um, and um, we do believe in private property, um, we don't believe we should take it all away from them. We do believe that they need to use it wisely. Um, and if they are, then that's a great thing. We should respect that. Um, so there's nothing wrong with wealth. We don't believe there's anything wrong with wealth, and there are some wealthy Jews, and that's great. That's not a bad thing. Um, the fact that some people are wealthy, um, to, there was there were um, the Occupy Wall Street movement a couple of years ago had this slogan: um, "The other 99 percent," um, which may have validity in um, kind of the government's role in protecting one percent versus the 99 percent, but. As a line, there's nothing wrong with being part of the 1%. Um, 1% is always going to be part of the 1%. So there's nothing wrong with being part of that 1%. Um, the problem is only if you don't use it wisely. Um, but if you are using it wisely, that's a wonderful thing, and somebody's part of the 1% should be very proud of that, um, pr- provided they use it wisely, of course. Wasn't it because that, that we couldn't own property? Jews so were sometimes had, poor because they couldn't own property. They couldn't, they couldn't own, the Jews could not own it often made us wealthier possibly possibly there may be other reasons why maybe god just wants some jews to be wealthy because they know how to use it right jews also give charity in much 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 higher numbers than others elise so i'm still kind of focused on the poverty side of this To be clear, not everyone who is poor, God doesn't trust them to use their wealth wisely. Um, evidenced by the fact that some people are poor for many years and then become very wealthy. Um, that doesn't mean that God doesn't trust them. They may have a different mission. We believe every person has a different purpose. Um, why some people God gave one mission and some people God gave another mission. Um, our world has some level of inequality in it and unfairness inherent in our world. Um, We're going to do a class in a couple months about um, equality in Judaism. But we do believe there's inherent inequality in Judaism, and it is unfair. Um, Our world is unfair, um, without a doubt. Um, But we don't believe, we do believe that part of the reason in general why God created this unequalness um, is in order for people to help others. A world with where everyone was equal, nobody would help anybody else. It is true that not all rich people use their wealth wisely. That is true. Yes. yes. And it's not like they lose it. Yes. Just because they're right. 
Yes, that is true. That's I, I mentioned that earlier. That's it's not. This isn't true for all. In other words, that we, some people God gives wealth, and we just cannot understand why. Um, and like some other things that God does, that we just cannot understand why. Yes, yes. And we don't know why people, God makes people with abject poverty. And um, we don't ultimately understand why. And our role is not to understand why people are poor, but to try to take care of them and give them what they need. So that's really our role. Um, just like when someone's sick, our goal is not to find out why they're sick, but to try to heal them. If someone's poor, our goal is not to figure out why God made them poor, but to try to figure out how we can get rid of their poverty. Right. That's not our role. Absolutely. It's, 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 the focus isn't on us figuring out, but why is that something? That well, but why is there everything? There's disease. Why some people get disease and so, so other people... Right. So why God, makes, why God makes suffering is a very important question. Um, it's a question that we've discussed before here. Um, why God makes suffering? Ultimately, we don't know. Um, but it's really a subject of its own. We do believe God makes suffering, and we don't fully understand why. Um, but clearly God does. Um, yet we still believe that part of the inequality in this world is in order for us as a, um, to help others and, uh, or people to help others. And even the Talmud says that even poor people have to give charity because even poor people have what to give to others. Everybody has something to give. Uh, we have to keep that in mind. Uh, but ultimately we do believe that God gives wealth for us to use to use wisely for us to use for our mission and purpose. Let me take one more, and then I'm just going to finish off more. The tithing, is it 10%, 10 to 20% of gross? Net? Net. 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 So the tithing, very good question. Tithing, maybe we could do a class on tithing. It's one that we should do. Um, the, the tithing of grain in um, Israel, in Bible, in well, we still still done today. The tithing of grain in Israel was, that was grown was of total revenue, total grain gr- that grew. Um, tithing, Meiser Ksafim, though tithing of income, um, which the Torah requires us, is ten percent of net income. So ten percent of whatever our net income, our taxable income, um, should go to charity. After tax, yeah. After tax. After tax. Net income after tax. After tax. After tax income. After tax income. Yes. Ten percent. All right, Ken, and then I'm just going to finish up. Please. No, no, no. We're going to do the pigeon event at ten thirty. Our topic for next week is going to be about the Kohanim, and we'll do the pigeon event right after the class at ten thirty. So, just to conclude, let me just conclude. I'll take some more questions in a few minutes. Um, just to conclude, very uh, so we do. Judaism does believe that wealth is a good thing. We don't believe it's bad. Um, we do believe it's a good thing. We do believe we could strive to try to make money. It's not our ultimate value. Um, it's not a value at all. It's only a means to an end. Like many other important things that we have, such as our health, um, such as happiness, um, such as uh, oh, the, those are all not an end in itself, but they're all means to an end. It's good to be healthy, but why do you want to be healthy? It's not an end in itself. It's good to be happy, but why do you want to be happy? It's not an end in itself. It's good to have. To have. It's good to be wealthy. It's good to be successful. But why? 
in order to use it wisely, in order to use it to help others, in order to use it for God. And so that's why we believe that God, we do believe wealth is a value, but that God gives us wealth only to use it for God. And we do believe that the better we use our, what God gives us, the more God will generally give us, although it does not always work. Um, but we do believe it's a general guideline that generally does work. So I just have a few quick 